one and all, welcome to Red Voices. Some wonderful games to cover this week, including a completely limited to Saturday's 0-0 draw with West Brom and tonight's one all draw with Everton. And if you're sensing a pattern there, join the bloody club. Rich, how's tricks? Hello, I'm really, really looking forward to discussing these games with you and tonight. I mean, you don't have to lie to my face. Sorry, sorry. No, I think as we said, as we both said before we started recording, we'd, we'd rather be doing something else, but... Here we I are. didn't say that. How dare you? I never well, said that. You... Okay, we'd rather we'd rather limit the amount we have to say on these on these games, but you know, <laughs> this is true. Yes. Well, it's a uh, another interesting week after mm-hmm. the relative tranquility. I'm looking back at that beautiful two week period after the uh, the Sunderland game with a bit of a uh, a bit of awe and a bit of jealousy, to be honest, <laughs> given what we've seen in the last three days. So let's wind ourselves back to uh, Old Trafford on Saturday afternoon against West Bromwich Albion. Don't know about you, but I could have seen that result coming a million miles away. Yeah, I, you know, I think we're, I think we're both the same in that we've kind of been ground down a little bit by these these home draws and the, the failure to take advantage of teams above us. I think you tweeted before the before the game on on uh, Saturday that you know the, you kind of felt like there was a, a drawing coming or we're going to struggle again, and we did. And it wasn't a surprise to anybody because it seems to be it's almost self perpetuating now. I think it's become a struggle to score goals at home. And obviously, the longer that goes on, the, the greater the loss of belief is. And then, if you have a situation where you've got injuries as well, which are hampering things, then you know it was quite. It was very easy to see what transpired on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, the week previously, well, sorry, the, the round of games in the Premier League previously, you know, West Brom had done a really good number of uh, unsettling Arsenal. Now, admittedly, in terms of mental application, you were perhaps put United maybe a position or two in the hierarchy above Arsenal. But in terms of uh, getting at them, they did a very, very good job. And they did a pretty similar task on Saturday as well. You know, they they didn't necessarily threaten all that often, but they kept us really, really limited over the entire game it was really really difficult to watch because i mean the team selection was an interesting one anyway obviously we were kind of hamstring because sorry hamstrung because you know zlatan still wasn't back herrera was suspended pogba was not ready to come back yet uh matter had just been uh, news about him his groin surgery had just come out so we were missing him too Lots of players missing from the team and the squad, so it was always going to be a little bit sort of hodgepodge in terms of the starting lineup. But it was just so slow, you know. It didn't necessarily feel like there was any sense of urgency. And to be fair, you know, we'll get on to the Everton game shortly. At least that happened tonight. But on Saturday, it was just like wading through treacle at times. There didn't necessarily seem to be this understanding that here we are again, a chance with Arsenal and City playing on the Sunday afternoon to make some ground on at least one of the teams above us that we are trying to catch <sighs> again. That sense of urgency just wasn't there, and that was the most frustrating aspect of it. But then again, you know, I kind of, I say that's frustrating. I could see it coming a million miles away, just because this is what we've seen so often for United this season in this situation. I wasn't necessarily happy that I was right. I was just disappointed that United hadn't necessarily proved me wrong. And this is the pattern that we've seen so often in these draws this season, is that we come up against a team that is sat back so deep. And, you know, I hate to draw a parallel with last season, but we don't know what to do. Yeah, I was surprised by how conservative West Brom were, but I guess got what we expected, which was a very compact team who were going to try and essentially focus on set pieces. But, you know, if you looked at the, the players that we had out, well, I'm not Jesse Lingard's greatest fan, but we had in, in Martial and Mkhitaryan and Rashford, We in theory we should have had players who had the quality to, to break down a relatively average Premier League side. 
but as we've so, seen so many times a season, for whatever reason, we are simply incapable of doing that at home. You know, when when, when we go away, we've got we've actually I think we've got the third best away record in the league. You know, we talk about finishing, but again, away from home, we've our finishing is actually far better than it is at home. And we've I think we've got the third or fourth, perhaps the fourth highest goal tally away from home, which is mad. It is, but 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 obviously we have this we have this weakness, which is we cannot break teams down, and there were two issues: we we don't play quickly enough, or we don't have the quality to play quickly enough um, in the final third. We we clearly now have a mental block with our finishing at home. It, it's just become it's ridiculous. You know, there are <clears throat> it's not luck. It's not keepers having absurdly good games every time they play us. It's an issue with ourselves, and. You know, we know we know Marcus Rashford can be more clinical. We know Anthony Martial can be more clinical. We know Mkhitaryan can be more clinical. We've got players in in the side who, even Pogba as well, who came back at, uh, tonight. But we have players there who have in the past regularly scored goals, and it's just become it's just become a mental block for for all of them. And I don't know whether it's I don't know whether it's something that just caught hold like a virus in the team and is spread, or if it's it's something in the way that they're being managed by Mourinho that isn't instilling them with as much confidence as they should have. I, I, I'm beyond answers now, but you know, again, we had we didn't create as much as we have been against against West Brom, and you can put a certain degree of that down to the fact that we had a, that number of players missing, and I was concerned before the game that one matter was was maybe an injury too far in a creative sense for us this season. Yeah. Um, because he's been so important when others aren't aren't really scoring. But, you know, even then we we created I think we were we were talking before, I think we created two chances which I think we would class as relatively clear cut chances. And in fact one of those was created by West Brom. This is true. <clears throat> and we and we fluffed them both. So you know, not not only were we not banging the door down but we we still missed the chances that we made as well so it really was a, a total failure of the of the team in an attacking sense one of the arguments and we'll talk about a couple of the arguments that i saw after the the west brom game that people were talking about you know missing zlatan and pogba for that game but we've had that same situation play out several times this season and ended up with the same result i don't really understand what people were thinking Pogba and Zlatan would have brought to that game because we have played that scenario enough times this season to know that whilst there's definitely uh, an uptick in quality when those two are on the pitch, that doesn't necessarily translate to more goals in a tough game when we're playing at Old Trafford, when we're struggling to break teams down. You know, we saw tonight Zlatan got his goal from the penalty spot. You know, he had a couple of chances um, there was that chance early on and then there was that header that he couldn't necessarily get on target. I don't necessarily think that those two being on the pitch would have changed anything on Saturday. You know, I think, as you as we mentioned here, the problem is a lot deeper. It's more symptomatic of our inability to finish chances. And I don't think that if you look at Zlatan, considering how many chances he's missed this season, all right, 27 goals is wonderful considering how rubbish the rest of the team have been at scoring goals. But I don't necessarily think it would have gotten any better had those two been on the pitch. Not at all. You know, the two chances we had were what Fellaini, who put one wide after Mkhitaryan sort of fell and there was a bit of a pinball in the box and he sent it just wide. I think perhaps the crowded bodies might be able to excuse him a little bit, as is the fact that he's Fellaini, so he necessarily expected to score that. And then Mkhitaryan clean through. We've seen that situation play out, what, two, three times over his last two games and both times the keepers have been, you know, exceptionally 
wise to what was going on. You know, Ben Foster had a pretty good game, to be fair to him. And again, how many times have we said that? But still, you know, it can't keep using that as an excuse. You know, Mkhitaryan really should have scored in that situation. And that, to me, that was... I think there was about 20, 25 minutes left of the game. I just found myself thinking that felt like the chance. That felt like the one that will get away because we were struggling so deeply to make anything happen in that game. Yeah, and I think it's infected everybody. You know, the, the atmosphere at Old Trafford can be subdued at times anyway. But I think we, we were all in a, in a situation now where we don't feel like we're going to see United score. We don't feel like we're going to see them blow somebody away. We don't feel like we're going to be. It's, it's going to be a, a, a ninety minutes of comfort, or where we're going to be super entertained and leave deliriously happy. You know, we're hoping we can scrap a goal somewhere or a, or a couple of goals somewhere and just get away with the win, because that's what what we've become at home. We've become a team who wins. Well, I think our win percentage at home is getting down towards forty percent this season, which. Apparently, is the worst since the nineteen eighty one eighty two season. Yeah. So, I mean, if you if you think back to it, it feels very much like last season. You remember where we got to at Old Trafford with that sequence of nil nils. We we rarely scored, and while the while the flow of games and perhaps the, the number of chances has overall been greater, we're ultimately. I think I have the same feeling in my footballing soul as I did in February or March last year, watching United wave through treacle trying to score at home against whoever again it's difficult to know yeah i think it's just all become self-perpetuating but we've got ourselves into a situation again where it looks like mkhitaryan's devoid of confidence again martial's devoid of confidence rashford hasn't scored in god knows how long when it was september i think he scored he scored last scored in the that league. was his last league in the goal, league yeah. yes you know even pogba pogba's form's fallen apart and i know we've we've talked we've talked about the mitigations there and he's played an awful lot of games and he's had the response, you know, almost the entire creative responsibility on his shoulders from the start of the season. But his his confidence has clearly dropped. Really, all of our key players, with the exception of unfortunately Mata, really have all lost form again. When when that happens, you've got to look further than themselves. You know, you have to look at the manager and how have we got to this situation. How has he got to this situation where his team is so devoid of of confidence? And I think it's impossible not to I don't know, portion blame but accrue causation across everybody because this season hasn't gone as Mourinho would have wanted it to go by any no, means no, I, can, I completely agree by a long way and you know he has to take and we have to give him some of the response but you know a large portion of responsibility for that because we can sing about something good happening but something good isn't really happening you know we had we had the league cup win which was you know it's like always wonderful to win trophies and we may yet win the Europa League, and that would be an absolutely wonderful way into the season. And we might leave this year and f- perhaps forget about the, the lower moments. But the league campaign has been really, really poor. Mourinho is a manager who got in specifically because he's supposed to bring short-term results. And in that regard, he hasn't. And if we mm-hmm. don't finish the season with Champions League football, it will be a wretched failure. Absolutely. I mean, if we can't get through this season with Champions League football to show for it, and it's looking now after tonight's draw that it's going to be Europa League or bust, you know, how many times has that sentence been banded around? Fortunately, it's really, really true. I never thought I would hear the notion of United prioritising the Europa League as a, you know, a, a avenue to get into the Champions League at this stage of the season. I, I didn't envisage a situation where that would be the case at the start of the year. You know, when we started the season, we're all thinking about league titles, seeing how far we can go with this team, with the added, you know, 
caveat of the Europa League to burn, to sort of pull into the equation. Now it's turned into that being essentially the best way of salvaging this term, which is incredible. You know, and a, a team, as you mentioned, confidence there, Rich, a team with Ibrahimovic, Pogba and Mourinho, you know, these massive, larger than life, confident characters, devoid of confidence. It's just, I, I can't quite get my head around it. You know, it's a lot deeper than just being the manager's fault or just being the player's fault. I do agree that it does, you do kind of need to take some of this responsibility and share it around because whatever Mourinho's doing, he's not stopping them from scoring in front of goal. There, there might be something that he's doing differently in the training ground that which is rubbing them up the wrong way. I don't know. I can't speculate on that level. But there is something amiss on several levels that's causing this sequence of results at home that has caused so much damage to any chance that we had of having a more successful season. Because, you know, in terms of the quality of the squad... I don't think this is an amazingly special Premier League season. Yeah, sorry, it's not really an amazingly special Premier League this year. You know, I, I think we could easily be pushing top two or three had we just been able to get some consistency going and just turn so many of these draws into something a lot more positive. And you know, it's going to be, it will turn into a very, very, very difficult season next season if we are still fighting in the Europa League and trying to go for the league title as well and it's going to cause significant issues for recruitment potentially because you know who wants to come to a club that's you know missed out on Champions League qualification three out of the last four years you know I think players could could conceivably think twice about that you know I'm not saying that there's, there's no added luster to United just because we're going through a bit of a rough patch but this is now starting to become more of a pattern and it is imperative that United shake themselves out of this funk. And even if that means fobbing off the league and going for the Europa League and hoping that we can scrape through there, so be it because Champions League football really needs to happen for United as soon and as possible. I think in terms of attracting players in the summer as well, not only is United qualifying for the Champions League starting to look like the exception rather than the rule, that, that Mourinho factor that we had last summer, this idea that Mourinho would immediately bring a return to better times, that's really on the line now. You know, if we don't qualify for the Champions League, then ultimately he's failed to do that. And if you're Antoine Griezmann or whoever, you know, what <clears throat> what is the appeal? If, you, if you're not motivated by money or if you haven't got a particularly sentimental reason for joining United as Pogba seems to have had, I don't see, and you've got options, I don't see why you join United. If, if you're Bakayoko, the, the, the defensive midfielder at, at Monaco, and you've got three or four top European clubs after you, and Mourinho calls you and says, come and play for United in the Europa League, if you're not after the money, I don't really see why you'd make that choice. And obviously there are the, the, fun, the continuing financial knock-ons. We, you know, we lose 50, 60, 70 million potentially a season in, in TV and prize money. And the, we, for the first time, activate the adidas clause which which sees us lose i think it's about 30 million pounds off this deal unfortunately that's spread out but these things these things are just just knock-on effects and it is going to be harder and harder and harder for united to attract the very best players it's one of the thing that was brought up a couple of times after the uh west Brom game before we get on to the everton draw tonight which was uh the notion of deadwood which it just feels far 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 too convenient now if we look at the players that you know i mean there's a pool potentially of players that could leave united in the summer or could be deemed as you know in inverted uh in, you know in quotes not united standard so that's what uh daily blind fellaini ashley young 
uh, with Rooney uh, maybe on his way out now, looking like it. You know, he didn't even get off the bench tonight. Oh gosh, who else could you chuck into that group, Rich? I, I, th- I think there are loads. I think there are loads who are not good enough. I mean, Darmian as well. You could chuck him in there. Darmian's not good enough. Small, I don't think Smalling and Jones are good enough. I think Michael Carrick is coming to the end of the line. I know he's going to sign a new contract. I don't think Jesse Lingard's good enough to play for United. I mean, in terms of the players that uh, Mourinho is actually going to sell, you know, he's not going to sell two of a small, both Smalling and Jones. Don't no, see him no. selling Lingard. And I've got a sneaking suspicion that he's not going to sell Fellaini either, considering how frequently he's been used this season. Yeah, I agree. And yeah. you look at the players that, you know, the rest of that group, Daley Blind's impact on the season has been mostly a squad player to fill in every now and then. Darmian's barely played. Rooney's barely played after, you know, Mourinho sort of gave enough rope to hang himself with earlier on in the season. And, you know, that, that that's essentially most of that team then. Ashley Young as well has not necessarily had a massive impact on the season as opposed to filling in for Valencia like he did tonight. So if you take those four squad players out and say clear out the deadwood, you know, you're talking about players who haven't necessarily played a lot of football for United anyway. And in terms of having a big summer and bringing a load of new players, could you say, gosh, what the, we had about five players come in uh, during Van Hal's first season at the club. So that was uh, Shaw and Herrera, and then there was Falcao, Blind and Di Maria towards the end of the transfer window. That's a pretty damn big summer. You know, it's not like United can really afford to keep having that. And I would be really surprised if we have a massive, massive summer recruitment. And the thing that worries me most about this idea of Deadwood is that it kind of lets this this current team off the hook. Because looking at what United have right now, Mourinho's got the core of his United side already mostly in place, but it's not working. Mm. And I think this comes back to the idea that whilst there are a lot of players there who aren't good enough to be in a successful United team or a successful United squad, Mourinho isn't, hasn't been good enough either to this point. I don't believe. And, you know, if you say that, if you say that on social media, it makes a lot of people very cross. You know, there's a certain cult that surrounds Mourinho that, that we bought into because we wanted to, because it was it's a positive cult. But he hasn't been good enough to this point. And I don't think he's managed his players, many of his players, well enough. I don't think he's got the most out of a number of very talented players, as, we, as we've said the last two seasons. But, you know, it goes deeper than players. It, it runs to the manager. You know, there are structural and institutional issues at the club but I don't think that's particularly at play here I, th- I just think that manager and players are failing at the moment again when we, we're very used to it you know what's remarkable I, and I, I tweeted it tonight actually is that the, the performances we've seen the last two games so essentially the turn of April in 2017 look exactly like the performances at about the same time in April of 2014, April of 2015, April 2016. I don't think if you if you'd mixed them up and shown them, you know, to someone, you know, in, in an ideal world where they couldn't see the kits or whatever. But if they saw those performances, I don't think they could tell you which manager was which. And that's not good enough at the end of the season when it really matters. And there are players there who could be playing better. This is true. I think the big takeaway, just to make it clear, is that we're not necessarily saying Mourinho is done because that would be oh, no, know, rubbish all. at this point. But yes, I think yeah. it's it, you can't ignore what you know what's happening in in front of our eyes. You know, two draws in the space of three days. I mean, against Everton, because they are playing so well, you could perhaps get away with that one draw tonight because they played incredibly well defensively you know I mean admittedly we were playing long balls for a large part of that second half 
But in terms of commitment, in terms of effort, in terms of shots blocked, in terms of making sure that when the ball was in the box, United didn't have a split second to concentrate on trying to get a shot on target. Everton were pretty goddamn magnificent. And it was really horrible and frustrating to watch for the most part. So let's talk about that, Rich. Yay. Right, so... Zlatan coming back into the side, how do you think he fared? I think the game tonight was a good example of a few of our issues. Zlatan's one that divides opinion in a way because he scored so many goals for us this season, but he's also missed a lot. And there's also just this constant irritation that he drops so deep into midfield quite regularly. And he was doing it really from the first minute tonight. And the number of times we got behind the Everton fullbacks or we put in crosses from deeper positions which flew across the six yard box, you know, really where a where a predatory striker would or should be. And he wasn't there. And nobody's there. And this is this is a wider issue in that we don't we don't attack crosses. We don't get players in the box and we don't we don't attack the six yard box when a cross is coming in at all. And so I, I can't help but think that if we had a Ruud van Nistelrooy, or not even a Ruud van Nistelrooy, even if we had like a Chicharito or somebody, just a, just a poacher in the box, I think we'd have more a lot more goals than we have this season. You know, it, that poacher would have had two or three goals tonight. But as it was, nobody's there. And so whilst I can appreciate the contribution he has made this season and the goals he scored, I do think there are downsides to that as in the way that we function as a unit. For sure. I mean... There was that moment relatively early on where I think it was Ashley Williams who spilled the ball right in front of him and then you know, Rash was just to his left and you're just thinking at this point, you're running towards goal. All right, you've still got legs, but he's faster. Maybe play him in instead. And it was just that sort of split second hesitation when he was in the penalty box that allowed Williams to get back. And to be fair, he did very well, apart from that wonderfully comical red card right at the death, which handed us the point. But still, yeah, there were a couple of moments like that. And then... Everton just pretty much grew in stature, didn't they? You know, the Morales had that low shot that led to the corner. Williams flicked the ball towards goal. And then Jagielka uh, flicked it with his foot just in between Dave's legs. A beautiful nutmeg. Uh, not necessarily Dave's finest hour by any stretch of the imagination, but it was really difficult to take that goal away from Everton, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. De Gea won't really have seen it. Um, the flick sort of came from behind Rocco and it was a you know, incredibly close range, and he just couldn't stop it. You know, again, I think there are, we've had, we've seen wider issues with De Gea this season in that he doesn't he, he he's a far he's a far better keeper when he's making a lot of saves. I mean, there was there was a chance uh, when <laughs> essentially West Brom's only shot to, to well, it seemed like anyway in the entire game from long range, and then it what Dave sort of spilled it onto the crossbar and it came back. Yeah, caught it again. Um, yeah, a couple of instances of that where it's just concentration hasn't quite been there because he's had basically nothing to do, which you can understand to a certain extent. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm inclined to give him the benefit of doubt tonight just because it was so close, mm. and you know, it looked it, from from our angle, it looked an unlikely shot or angle to to have scored from. So you know, I don't think it was any clearer from his from his angle. So I think he just saw it so late, and it it was just unfortunate they kind of bounced through his legs and in. Uh, so I wouldn't particularly apportion blame to anybody for that goal. <sighs> I mean, the, the the second, actually, the first half didn't go that badly after we conceded, to be fair. Several chances to score. Didn't, you know, take any of them, but still. Uh, I mean, Joel Robles was having a, a pretty wonderful game in net for the most part. You know, there was a Blinds free kick, which was definitely curling in great power on the shot. And then Ander pretty much did all he could and just smashed it and it hit the bar and then came out again. I mean... Throughout that game, there were a couple of instances where we were really lucky that both 
uh, Lukaku and Ross Barkley were really, really keen, seemingly, on not looking up to where the other one was. Several occasions, actually, Morales was involved in it as well. In the first half, Lukaku, you know, Morales, in acres of space to his right, didn't pick him out and seemingly just wanted to run at uh, Rocco and Bailly and go for the headlines. Ross Barkley had it a couple of times as well with Lukaku, who was on his left. You know, he just didn't bother passing. It could have been a lot worse for us this evening had Everton been a little bit more incisive when they were attacking because they really caused us some problems. Yeah, it was a, it was a much more ragged performance tonight than we've seen in a lot of our home games and I think that just comes from desperation we went the goal down and then we had to force the game we had to we had to break shape a bit and and try to do things try to try to overload on the flanks and midfielders needed to push up a bit more and we were just open to to the counter-attack and obviously Lukaku's incredibly fast and powerful and Barkley was at times playing a bit wider as well and just exploiting the space on the break and so in in chasing the goal we really had to be more open and we were, and as you say, they they could have taken more advantage than they than they eventually did. Mm. Hit the bar again. Pogba came on at the second half, which I mean, it seemed like the right move to bring him on because we were really lacking a bit of you know sort of bark and power in midfield. I mean, the obvious substitution at that point because Fellaini was having such a difficult first half and he was just struggling on the ball and his passing wasn't necessarily there. Bad. You know, it was a yes. bad first half. Yes, it was a bad first half. To be fair, against West Brom, I thought he did pretty well. You know, for him anyway, I thought he, he had a decent game. You know, in that first half mm. against Everton, he was not good. And the decision I would have made at that point would have been to take Fellaini off and put Pogba on. But then, you know, we went to, what was it, 3-5-2? And Ander initially started off as the the left wing back, which was very odd looking. It was a very strange situation and setup, but it didn't necessarily help. Uh, I mean, Pogba did get that quick flick onto the bar for the second, you know, time he hit the woodwork in that game. Um, and then there was the offside goal. Um, Zlatan's body just ahead of uh, Jagielka when Herrera got the cross in. You know, due diligence to celebrate. It was a nice little moment, quickly ripped away from our grasp. Mm. I think having looked at that again two or three times, it was maybe slightly harsh, but you can see why it was given offside. You could say that the top half of Ibrahimovic's body was offside, the bottom half wasn't, and whether you class that as offside or not, I don't know. I mean, it's a half better than Inzaghi, so there you go. Well, exactly, yeah. (laughs) And then further down the line, Bailly, who was absolutely monstrous this evening with a brilliant block from the Kaku towards the end, a couple of instances as well where uh, it was Andre Mariner was uh, fishing tonight, wasn't it, Rich? Yeah. Yeah, a couple of instances tonight with uh, Andre Mariner. Um, three different Everton players on booking. So that's Gareth Barry, that's Guillet, and uh, Robles, who are all... Who, there's a semi-strong argument to say that at least one of them should have gone. You know, Barry pulling back Rashford from behind. Guillet just completely dragging Pogba down on the side of the box. And for some reason, they went for a goal kick considering that Barry then hit the ball off him. It was ridiculous. And Mariner just waved play on. And then Robles just cleared the ball into the stands after the penalty. I mean, to be fair, with the keeper on that one, referees seem to have stopped booking players for kicking the ball away over the last season or so, or maybe even more. It doesn't seem to happen anywhere near as much as it used to. It's seeming like a law that was passed down from FIFA and UEFA that needed to be adhered to, that has been politely fobbed off by most referees in this country. Mm. But yeah, um, I mean, again, this is no excuse for the fact that you know the only way that we actually got back into that game was through a, 
a 93rd minute penalty thanks to Ashley Young throwing himself like an airborne fish at the ball from uh, Luke Shaw's uh, rather great shank shot just towards the end. Yeah, I go back to the referee. It was Neil Swarbrick. I can't, I can't remember for the life of me, but there are so there are so many issues in this game. We talk about Luke Shaw as if it was perfectly, completely obvious that Luke Shaw would be on the pitch when three days ago he was persona non grata and the least professional man in humanity. And then you know suddenly a few days later he's he's essentially United's savior. Mourinho's last gasp attempt to rescue the game. Well, partially because Young was injured, so you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to take him from essentially being very uh, strongly criticised and ostracised to suddenly being back in the squad, supposedly because of a meeting that he had, that he and the player had yesterday, I think. And then for him having to come on, and like, I suppose it was kind of, I suppose, I suppose it was inevitable that, that he would do something, have something decisive happen in the game. Mm. Going back to what you were saying about, about the referee, he made some weird decisions all night. I mean, he, there were two or three times when United players clearly fouled Everton players and, and it wasn't given. And as you say, there were, some slightly dubious decisions with regard to Everson players. It just didn't look like it was going to happen, did it? And then, obviously, as you say, we had the incident right at the end of the game. And and given given <laughs> is a it, it was it was a quite it was a quite remarkable incident in a <sighs> and it, it was actually the save remarkable quality in a game of, of of very little quality. This is true. This is true. I mean, remarkable reactions from Ashley Williams yeah. to stop that shot. I mean, to be fair, his keeper pretty much had it anyway. But to just to react so quickly with your body when you're on the floor like that. Absolutely brilliant. Just so impressive. My God, how lucky were we that that happened? It didn't look like for all the world we were getting anywhere near a goal towards the end of that game. I mean, as we mentioned, at least there was a bit more of a reaction in the Everton game in general as opposed to what we saw a couple of days previously. Not necessarily saying it was much better, but at least it was there. The tempo was better second half, but we had pretty depressing sight of our eighty nine million pound midfielder punting long balls up to Fellaini and Ibrahimovic. It didn't look look like a goal would come and I and I think we could have played another ninety minutes and not scored from open play. I worked out before the game that aside from Ibrahimovic United the the other ten players on the pitch we had scored seven goals and assisted nine goals all season in the league. And obviously to punish Mkhitaryan and Martial for their one poor performance he left them out and brought in far inferior players and then had to throw on uh, Mkhitaryan in the second half to try and rescue Mm. things but even he looked pretty devoid of any belief or creativity and yeah you know we had there there were chances there were half chances Everton were getting bodies in front of everything and breaking quite dangerously and I think we were very, very fortunate to get that break at the end. You know, Mourinho can say, oh, we're still undefeated in, God knows, since October. But I think that that puts a rather ridiculously positive spin on the, on the whole it, thing. It's the least impressive unbeaten league run in Premier Ever. League history. Yeah. Maybe even league history. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't been alive for the entire history of the First Division. But still, it's just... Oh, I mean... It, just watching so many draws at Old Trafford is just—it's just anodyne, you know. It's just not much fun, and you know, an unbeaten run you would think would have a few more wins in. That'd be good, but still, I mean, I guess in that instance, it, the goal was celebrated as it should have been because it didn't necessarily feel like it was coming. You know, Lingard's delivery from the left hand, sorry, the right hand side was just terrible. So often, you know, it's either over hit or under hit. 
And yeah, you know, it's worth calling out Mourinho again for use of Fellaini. You know, eventually it did just turn into punting long balls up to him in Zlatan. And it doesn't matter who you are. If that is your best option, is that is the only way that you can think of breaking down a team if you're really struggling in the, so early on in the second half, especially, then there are issues that need to be addressed. You know, that's not a good look. You know, towards the end of the game, okay, if you're really struggling and you're all out of ideas, fair enough. But that was essentially the, what, the second, third idea that Mourinho tried. We've got better players on the pitch. You can do something different than that. And as we've seen so often with the Fellaini complex, you know, this idea only works, what, once every three, four times, I'd say? Yeah, I mean, he, he has some use in that regard, but I think I think the wider issue was starting him in the first place. Well, I mean, the start makes sense because Pogba wasn't necessarily ready to play 90 minutes. And I think that you know, Mourinho's thinking behind that was save him for some of the more important games down the line, which sounds ridiculous because the more important game is a week on Thursday over in Anderlecht, but still. But you've if you've got Herrera back, so notionally with him and Carrick, you've got two midfielders, hmm. and you've got a guy like Mkhitaryan who could play as a ten. You know, we had other options there. The team selection was just a bit was just strange. It was really it looked like a pretty average quality team, and I think we've really got an average quality performance out of it. And essentially, the game finished as lots of game games finished under Moyes and LVG, which, as you say, was you know, Flaney up front, big or two big men up front, and just hoof the ball up some more chucking in cross really poor quality crosses as as you as you may have noticed i'm incredibly depressed by tonight and i just <laughs> people have talked about the how things have been improving but they don't talk about the fact that performances have really been declining or have declined again in the last two months or so and what we're seeing now is no better than what we've seen what we saw before no, no better whatsoever certainly in the premier league and tonight felt like one of those shit meaningless or nearly meaningless games that we saw in April under Moyes and Van Gaal where everybody can't be bothered anymore and they've given up and nobody believes we can we can win the game and it was just incredibly depressing that we somehow got to that position. I'm not necessarily sure I'd go quite as far for that myself Richard I mean as I said it felt like we were far more up for it tonight than we were against West Brom you know there was a bit more urgency admittedly there wasn't necessarily the the ironclad belief that we were going to score and I'm not trying to you know, make excuses for the team or try and make it sound better than it is. But if we if we'd have come away from that game with the same performance that we'd offered against West Brom, I would have been far more disappointed. That was certainly the less creative and spirited of the two performances, I'd say, yes. Yeah, I mean, the thing is now, we've got, what, Sunderland on Sunday at the Stadium of Light, and given who we will be playing against there is no part of my body that will allow us to think of anything else than stuffing his nasty little scrotum face so <laughs> yes please let's just beat Moyes I mean we can't really think about anything else now in terms of how far we're going to be up in the league you know City are playing Chelsea tomorrow and you can see them getting a point off them and it, you know top four just feels like it's very very slowly slipping away even further every single game so in terms of you know, looking forward to what we've got in the Premier League, you know, we've still got five more league games this month and it's not technically over, but it just feels over because you just don't have that belief in United to go on and win some of these games. And it's so crucial that this attitude doesn't bleed over into the quarterfinals and hopefully the semifinals of the Europa League. You know, that's now turned into such an important part of our season, what we can do this year and next season which is incredible. You know, it shouldn't be like that, but that's where we are. 
And Mourinho's now got a massive, massive task on his hand to make sure that he can keep spirits perked up for that tie. You know, Anderlecht are going to be watching us at the minute and thinking that we're nothing special, which is completely true because we're not playing like a special club whatsoever. So a huge, huge rest of the month. You know, two games already. Still seven more to go before we roll on to May. <laughs> I mean, I love watching United. Don't get me wrong. I, I still get something out of it. But at the same time, I just have no idea how on earth this is going to roll around now. It's just, I'm not necessarily sure that I have any confidence or ironclad belief in what we're going to see over these next several games. You know, you, you just don't know. You're just sort of stealing yourself for, you know, relative disappointment. Yeah, I think that's where we've really got to, isn't it? I think the expectation levels have dropped very markedly again after that really promising run over the new year and into into February and I agree with what you're saying but I do think the Europa League has been something of a pleasant break for us this season and for the team and Mourinho as well and although the, the last round against Rostov was a, was a bit of a struggle I do think we've, we've largely been better in the in the Europa League and I think that we will perform better against Anderlecht and I don't think Anderlecht are very good you know, relative to, to Premier League strength I don't think Anderlecht are anything special so Going out to them would be extremely disappointing. I got the impression after the West Brom game when Mourinho rather exploded on the, the BBC interviewer that he knew that that result pretty much blown the top four chances this season. <clears throat> with other teams playing each other and with some slipping up and United had the chance to take, to take advantage and they hadn't done it again for the gazillionth time. And I think he knew and that may have influenced the team he picked tonight, I don't know. But he certainly knows now. I'd be absolutely astonished if United made top four now, particularly with three away games at Arsenal, City and Spurs. <laughs> and Chelsea at Old Trafford a week on Sunday. We don't trust ourselves to beat Palace at Old Trafford. We wouldn't trust ourselves to beat Sunderland at Old Trafford at the moment. They're the only body else. So it would not surprise me now, starting from this weekend at Sunderland, if Mourinho basically just tosses off the league and puts absolutely everything into the Europa League. And I think he'd be right to do so because we're just wasting our time in the league now. There's no way we're catching four sides above us. Uh, you know, we saw Liverpool have Liverpool played Everton at the weekend and you essentially saw, and I know Liverpool aren't the most consistent side in the world, but Everton were largely, in the end, blown away. Liverpool had bits of quality in the attacking third that we just don't have and the contrast in the two performances was very stark. Regardless of how inconsistent Liverpool are, their their best performances are way, way, way better than our best performances. We just aren't that good. We aren't good enough to finish fourth and you know we've had that feeling for a while. Every, every chance we've had to take advantage and we never do it but there's always been a feeling in the Europa League that we are perhaps good enough to win that and I still think that holds true. And I still think that the players have more confidence in the Europa League than they do in the Premier League. Well, thankfully, the teams that we play in the Europa League tend to be of a slightly inferior quality and don't seem to watch us too much in the league because they give us a lot of space, which is yeah. lovely. A sobering thought to, the, to end the evening on there, Rich. Uh, well, I guess we'll see, uh, we'll see how this next week pans out. Sunderland against old Davy Moyes. Wonderful, charming, polite. Misogynistic. Yeah, well, something. there we go. Oh, what a... Twazak. But yes, uh, Sunderland on Sunday and then Anderlecht in the first leg on Thursday. I guess we'll see how everything pans out next week. Rich, we'll leave it there for the night. Guys, thank you very much as always for listening. Don't forget you can get us all over the interwebs. Uh, you can get the pod at, at Red Voices MUSC. You can get Rich at, at RichardCan76. You can get me at, at Ewan Leonard. And you can get our blog at redvoices.net. We'll be back with you next week. Good night. Good night.